rain should be dissipating by Monday night. Time now for the Saturday special. It's AM 1080 KSCO. Josh, Josh Stevens. MZ, Michael Zwirling. May I ask you a personal question? Fire away. Do you think these uh, severe lockdowns um, in California and elsewhere have um, helped the coronavirus situation or exacerbated it? Well, let's see. It's based off the fact that the numbers keep rising. Obviously not. In fact, I think that this round of being moved back to the unforetold purple plus tier is a bunch of bullocks because bunch of what bullocks it's it's a term rosie uses but anyway um what, what does that mean balter dash bs oh, oh 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 i understand what bs is <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah. yes um like for example like why do malls get to be reopen why is it that the salons have to close again like remember that saturday special when you had that lady who's kept her salon open and she had all the protocols keeping it to where only local people could do the haircuts and she seemed to hold up fine. I got my haircut the day before that became illegal again because I knew, oh, it's only going to be three weeks. Yeah, right. So your answer to the question is no, it doesn't help. And yet I don't want to put words in your mouth, Josh. Josh That's Jesus. correct. No, it doesn't right. help. Yes, it exacerbates it, it. And I think it's all stupid. Now, it's really funny. Um, I don't know if it's just that people that we hang around at the radio station, but it seems to me that every buddy i've talked to has that attitude so what gives here what's going on is our governor uh, and other governors just uh, playing uh, kings and queens and stuff or is, is is that what's going on here just to exercise power just because they have it i think they just there's something in the water up in sacramento wow Okay, well, um, so am I to understand that Dave, Dave Michaels is there. Good morning, MZ. How are you? Good. I'm okay. How are Good. you doing? I am did doing a, fantastic. Did you have a Merry Christmas oh, with was the great. family? And every, did you do anything fun or nothing? I did a whole bunch of nothing, MZ. Yesterday I did a whole bunch of nothing, which was fantastic. I loved every minute of it. Loved it. Wow. Absolutely wow. loved it. There was even some football on yesterday. There's going to be some on today as well. This is This is... It's a great time of year. It's my favorite time of year other than Halloween and uh, Thanksgiving. Those are my three favorites. And, and, it, and I, you didn't say anything about it being a downer because of the COVID virus. You just, you're, just sort of, you're just sort of an upper person, Dave Michaels. I wish I, uh, some of your upperness would ro rub off on me. <laughs> well, you know, to tell you the truth, um, yeah, there, are, there are a bunch of things that, that are kind of a drag about this whole thing, but... The, the state parks are still open. That you're still allowed to go outside and get some exercise. Um, just mask up. You don't even have to do that. My, my understanding is that as long as you're going out for exercise, whether that be riding your bike, going for a jog, that you do not have to wear a face mask. Other than that, if you're going to be outside within six feet of people, make sure you wear your face mask and, you know, just continue on. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's but camping. We... Camping what, what... you cannot do either. Oh, at all? No, no camping. Okay. Which I think well, is kind so of So what's your, what's your answer to my personal question that I phrase that I posed to Josh Josh Stevens? Do I think face masks are helping? Uh yeah, um the pandemic situation or do you think they're hindering it? I think uh, not face masks, I'm talking about the lockdown. The lockdown. 
Yeah, we can talk about face masks too if you want, but but um, we we do have a special guest that it would be nice to get get to. And by the way, there is a connection. There is a po- probable or possible future connection between you and this guest. Wow, upcoming. All right. Um, you know, my my I, my thought, MZ, is that face masks would be sufficient, and that the shelter in place is a little extreme. I think you know, mandatory face masks I can live with, but. Shutting down everything, I think, is ridiculous. It's it, They insist on killing the economy, they being the governor. And I think he's kind of scared. I think his back is on the ropes now. Now he knows that the recall is gaining some momentum. People are calling him out about opening up California for more drilling. Uh, he's not looking like such a nice guy for that, you know, oil drilling. I think his, his back is against the ropes. I think uh, he's walking on eggshells right now, and he in, or he's about to. The eggshells are coming up, and he, and he can see it. Okay. Uh, speaking of eggshells, MZ, lots of calcium in eggshells. <laughs> <laughs> you're great at you're, lots of you're calcium great at, at segways in, 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 uh, in eggshells, MZ. Now, here's the thing: everybody knows that, I, that my favorite combination is the Glucogel OsteoFX and uh, Beyond Tangy Tangerine. I have four canisters of OsteoFX left, and I am not going to break them up for anything. They're going to go as a trio. You're going to get your Tangy Tangerine, OsteoFX, and Glucogel. Four people will get that combination today, and uh, today only, because after that, I'm, I'm sure they're going to fly off the shelf. But right now, I have four of those combos. That's Glucogel, Tangy Tangerine, and OsteoFX. You'll feel like a million bucks. If you have bone problems, joint problems, that's what you need. You need those three things. There are no, there's no goofing around, no extra money being spent, no gimmicks. These things you will feel immediately. That's Tangy Tangerine, OsteoFX, Glucogel. I have four of those combos, and I'm not going to break them up for anybody. But I have them here at the Dave Cave. Now, why do we only have four? Because that's all uh, I got in my shipment. I only got four canisters oh, of OsteoFX. No. We have plenty of the other stuff. But the four, we only have four canisters of OsteoFX, and I would hate to break them up because when you do that, people, um, when you, when you, when you, yes, oh, you, you don't want to. I, I, that's the alert. Come down and pick them up. There's only four left. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, call, oh God. Oh no. I. You know what's going to happen now? What? The 911 people are going to call me. The stupid new iPhone that does too many things. Damn that thing. And, you know, and, and I, I can't shut it off. Wow. I, I, you know, once it, someone was calling me in the middle of the radio show, I kept pressing the button to, di- to, to not accept the phone call, and instead it makes an emergency call. <laughs> you know? And so uh, they're probably going to come and take me away, and, and wow. you're going to have to do the rest of the radio show, Dave Michaels. Well, uh, can, I, can I have your car if they take you away, MZ? Uh, it was a mistake. I'm sorry. Oh, here. Friggin' thing. God dang it! Was that nine one one calling back? Yes, it was. It was nine one one calling back, and and I can't, I can't take. I'm in the middle of a live radio show, you know. Yeah. But but how do you turn off the friggin' thing? How do you turn off the? Oh thing so oh that... oh! Uh, you hit hold down the power button and the up there button. Is... Oh okay, thank you. The uh, volume up, and then it'll show slide to power off. Then good, you can do good, that. good, good. All right, there you go. Shh. Josh is on the case. All right, MZ, Josh is on the case. I'm going to be out in the Dave Cave. Four combos left. That's your Tangy Tangerine OsteoFX Glucogel. If you haven't tried it, try it. You'll feel like a million bucks. I've got four of them left down at the Dave Cave. I'm sure they're going to fly off the shelf. Do you have a special name for that package, like I, the DM special? You know, I don't. I, I should have come up with something snazzy, but uh, uh, just ask for the, the combination that I always recommend. That's what you ask for, and I'll, I'll give you. There's only three of them. Tangy Tangerine OsteoFX Glucogel. Four combos left. 
today only MZ or at least uh, first come first serve that's what I'll say now I'm all discombobulated so no, that no. means I'm gonna have to press this button good morning a brighter day is here good morning may we bring you cheer We've got time, we've got tunes, we've got time, tunes and temperature. Get up and go, it's today you know on KFCO Radio. I have just had an epiphany. It has been such a horrible, disgusting, awful, 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 awful year that all we can do is laugh about it. <laughs> Good morning. Now stay right here on KSCO Radio. That crossfire opening is sort of inappropriate for today. I think we should stop that and play this. Kevin. Kevin Phillips. Good morning, MZ. Hi, Kevin Phillips. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Well, for me, the magic of the Christmas season continues as I realize a dream to be your guest on the Saturday special on my favorite radio station. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You, you know, you know me very well in that I love to go fishing. For compliments, that is, right? So, uh, 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 yeah, and so uh, you, that was a really good one. Thank you. Now, you're not just a Kevin Phillips. You're the Kevin Phillips. You are the Kevin Phillips, owner of four, uh, five, actually, prominent Monterey Peninsula uh, restaurants, Abilinetti's Bar and Grill, Beach House Restaurant at Lover's Point, and Lover's Point Beach Cafe, which is a separate restaurant, as I and my friend discovered the other day, because the Beach House restaurant, I think, was was closed, but the Lover's Point uh, Beach Cafe was open, right? Yes, we just only served dinner at the Beach House restaurant, yes. Oh, I see. Okay, because we were there. Yeah, we were there, uh, I don't know, lunchtime-ish or something, or two-ish or three. I think you had a panini, as I recall. I, it was so good. I'm drooling all over the microphone, and I'll bet people's radios are getting wet now, too. Because it was one of the, it, it just talk about a hit-the-spot sandwich. You know, the, the, the Lover's Point uh, Panini, uh, it had, it had, um, it had um, what did it have in it? It had turkey, and it had pickles. I've never had a turkey sandwich with pickles before, uh, grilled with, you know, oh, God, it was really good. And some bacon, yeah. 
Oh, that, that's and, right. Uh, that's what unbelievable was. Sourdough. That's right. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure it's wise to talk about this because my the studio here at World Headquarters will become sort of slimy and wet with gruel. Uh, but anyhow, um, Big Fish Grill, uh, Monterey Wharf, and Whaling Station Steakhouse. Wow, you know we we don't get a twofer today; we get a fiver. Anyhow, Kevin, you and I have, have known each other for for couple two or three years and you've known i think you know me a lot better than i know you because you listen to you're you are a big fan of ksco thank you um for many many years uh, i also i always enjoy the commentaries the uh paul henry uh, paul harvey-esque commentaries by your great mother Kay. Uh-huh. for many wow. years and a, a big fan of ksco wow that's great Every and so rosy and never miss it so um yeah th- this is great now y- you started in the restaurant business as a busboy when you were in your teens. Is that correct? Yeah, I was uh, uh, attending Sun Grove High School, and I was actually a caddy on the golf course at Pebble Beach at uh, 16 years old. And my friend was working uh, in the restaurant in the hotel. We were afraid to go in the hotel, uh, the lodge of Pebble Beach. And uh, but I went inside when he went to collect his tips, and it was just so beautiful. Uh, and what an incredible environment. I uh, met the, um, the incredible uh, general manager of the Club 19, Pierre Bain, who owns Fandango Restaurant in Pacific Grove now, who became a mentor, almost like a second father to me, uh, for the eight or nine years that I worked with him. And Club 19, as a busboy, waiter, he gave me my first experience as a manager. Uh, he called me a captain, and I got to uh, supervise a, a lunch shift a week, and it was... Uh, so wait a minute, at amazing, what age, do you experience. recall what age that happened? I became a waiter at 20. Uh-huh. I was the youngest on the staff. And uh, a couple of years later, he, he gave me that title of captain. And then I was, uh, I was plucked away and made uh, general manager of the brand new, newly remodeled Cypress Room, the main dining room at the Lodge of Hill Beach at the tender age of 24. I was in way over my head and I loved it. <laughs> well, that's terrific. <laughs> Wow, that's great. You, you know, so it sounds like you, you had a, a, a love affair with what became your career before, you know, before it be, significantly before it became your career, as is my case with the radio. So, um, yeah, that's fantastic. So how did it evolve from there? Because, you know. Well, it, it became a, initially a hotel uh, career. I went on to become the food and beverage director at the newly opened Carmel Valley Ranch in 1987, uh, four-star resort. And um, I, would, I did that for about, again, seven or eight years. And one morning, the, uh, the it was part of a group of hotels, boutique hotels around the country. And the vice president of operations uh, asked me to begin training or being groomed, as you call it, to become the general manager of one of their hotels. And as soon as he said it, I had an epiphany. I knew I didn't want to do that. And it was kind of a uh, a sober, a sobering moment, because I've been working in hotels for all these years and thinking that was my career, and then I realized it was time to do something different. That's when I met a local celebrity chef, John Pisto. Oh and, yeah, uh, nineteen yeah, nineteen ninety six. He had four restaurants, two of them we own now, Abilinetti and uh, the Waiting Station, and I went on to become his partner. Uh, he wanted to bring organization to the to the restaurant group. And I had that training, 
working in a corporate hotel environment. Uh, so that, what I really found that I love independent restaurant work because in hotels, you need something fixed. You pick up the phone and maintenance comes up or everything's, we have an HR department out here. Uh, it's where the rubber meets the road. I mean, we, we, we make decisions on the fly. We choose uh, what we want to do and make things happen. And it's, it's never boring. I could imagine. And also, by way, by way of introduction, also, I think a lot of your listeners would know my late partner, Jim Gilbert. Uh, Jim Gilbert passed away a couple of years ago at the age of 84. A uh, longtime friend of mine, and again, a, a terrific uh, mentor. And we formed a partnership in 2009, uh, starting with Abilinetti. Uh, I took over Abilinetti and kind of got it back on its feet. And, and growing. So wait a minute. Inside, so Pist- but, but 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 Pisto, uh, Chef Pisto. Is, by the way, is he still living? He is. Oh, He's okay, retired, great. Happily retired from the restaurant business. Yeah. Uh huh. And I remember seeing he had he had a cable TV show, if I'm not mistaken, a cable TV cooking show. Monterey's cooking Pisto style. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's great. I'm and so he producer for several years. Mm-hmm. He had Abilinetti's, uh restaurant that you acquired from him. And then you took in yes. uh, you you and and Jim Gilbert became partners in that restaurant and and one or two others, right? Yeah, and he's he's also he's the most successful restaurateur ever in the history of the Monterey Bay. A lot of people don't don't know who he was because he was he was not a high profile guy. Uh, he just loved the work, he loved the business. Uh, he owns Ideal Seafood at the foot of the wharf in Santa Cruz. Uh, he had Gilbert's on the wharf for many years, now owned by his uh, stepson, Mark Gilbert. It's called uh, both Woody's and Firefish Grill. And the Dolphin oh, yeah. on the wharf. He had a series of restaurants with Salinas over the years, uh, Tea and Turf, uh, East of Eden, a converted church. And, uh, and then, of course, in, the, in uh, Monterey. Why is it that successful, well, sort of a dumb question I'm going to ask, so maybe I shouldn't ask it. Well, I've been known for asking dumb questions before, so I might as well go ahead. Why is it that that um, is this something that you have to do when you have a restaurant that's successful, or you want to keep it successful? Do you have to keep expanding and getting more and more and more and more? Because I once knew the the uh, owner of um, Odyssey Records. I don't know if you remember that chain. And that's what he told me. And um, he said, y- you know, you all, it, it sounds like you're expanding, and, but it's a question of, it's more of a question of survival. You have to expand or you die. Now, would you, I don't think that's the case in restaurants. I think you expand because you love it and you just want to do more of a good thing, right? You have to do it very thoughtfully. And uh, I've passed on more restaurant opportunities than we've taken up. Uh, because the, the timing's not right or it's not the right fit, which is what we're always looking for. But the first thing you have to know is that uh, what I was told early on uh, making a career of this, that it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. If you don't love it, if you don't love this business, it will eat you up. Uh, I meet young people every year. It's one of my favorite things. Every summer we hire young people, a lot of high school kids, to work at the wharf or in the coffee shop. And a lot of them have never worked in a restaurant before, and I always tell them the same thing. It's not for everybody. In fact, it's not for most people. But if you love it and you enjoy it, the work is very portable, and there's a lot of un- unlimited growth potential that comes out of, out of the business because all it asks is what you bring to it. Let me ask were, him some. 
Yeah, go, go ahead, Josh Stevens. Hey, hey Kevin, um, you mentioned all the young people working for you, and now I've got to ask, is it just a Santa Cruz thing, or is it, do you also have the problem where people don't want to work weekends? Because I bet that's a struggle for your industry. Uh, not so much. Uh, uh, and also, there's a myth. Uh, I hear this a lot that young people don't want to work or don't have a work ethic. It's, it's, nothing could be further from the truth. Every year, I meet a fresh group of young faces that come in and work with us. And it just is something that, that I'm, I'm inspired by, by their energy and their bright eyed innocence to the, to the business. But uh, weekends is a fact of life. We work when other people are off, and we're off when other people are working. Nice. And would you say there is a specific demographic that shows work reluctance at all by chance? No. Um, we, we try to evaluate people that come to us, and uh, I can usually tell within a minute or so of meeting someone if I, if I see that sparkle. Uh, we're trying to hire folks with personality first. We can teach skills uh, to anybody, but you can't teach someone to have a great attitude or to be friendly. You have to find that. <laughs> why can't you why can't you have the kevin phillips university of friendliness <laughs> uh, you know that might be <laughs> i you might we might i'm serious maybe we should uh talk about that today opportunities uh come with um pandemics <laughs> that's true that's true we should there, there's a there should be a silver lining somewhere yeah um so obviously you and I were talking on the phone uh, a couple days ago and you were saying that this thing, uh, this, this total shutdown has hit you by surprise. And I think it has everyone. Um, it's the most difficult thing that I've ever had to deal with because of the toll it's taken on the families of our employees. Uh, we have over about a hundred people that are not working right now. And it's heartbreaking, especially this time of year. Um, Let's talk about. I, I don't want to put you on the spot. That, so how do I how do I word this? Give Go us ahead. your feeling about this, okay? The, about this whole thing. To to me, it seems logical that if there if, that if there's going to be crowds, if there are going to be people, you know, congregating close to each other, whether in a restaurant or elsewhere the chances of spreading a virus is going to be higher. Um, but I don't think you have to close down everything. I don't think you have to lock down everything. Forget. What about I outdoors? Hate, I hate to be one of those one of those egomaniac um, hosts who asks a question of his guests, and then before the guest can answer, he goes on. <laughs> so I think that's what I just did. So I'm going to shut up. <laughs> no, it's... Uh... A lot of us in the business feel that these lockdowns are arbitrary. We're told to follow the science, and yet all the studies show that a very small percentage of cases uh, are spread at restaurants, particularly outdoor dining. I think the most foolish move that was made over the summer was closing the beaches. I don't think there's a safer place you could be than out on the beach. Uh, the beaches here look crowded. I'm at Lover's Point right now, uh, MZ, where we met a couple yeah. of years ago, and yeah. uh, we have a beautiful protected beach down here and at times it looks very crowded but if you look closer people are in their own little clusters and i think it was a real shame to close the beaches but that's a major attraction uh in monterey and that's why one of the reasons they did it they're trying to not to get people to come here and congregate 
I, the reason why I, I couldn't understand how the wharf could be busy and packed with people, but the aquarium still had to be closed, for example. Now, let me ask you this. With regards to the whole shutting down for the second time in this unforetold purple plus tier we got placed in, what are your thoughts on some of the restaurants converting their outdoor dining space to public seating and letting people eat their takeout out there but not providing any uh, table-side service? Right. Well, the city of Pacific Grove and Monterey have been very aggressive about making sure that we don't have any tables or chairs anywhere uh, near our restaurant. A lot of the public spaces uh, have been have been closed up as well. Uh, we have some seating out in front of the Lover's Point Beach Cafe that, by by order of the California Coastal Commission, had to be for all the public to use. So if people show up there and have a picnic, we can't because they're not our customer. So they've remained there, uh, and it's one of the only places. Uh, where Isn't anybody, that anybody amazing? Said, wow. So, so the California crepe shop. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. There's a little crepe shop called Crepes of Brittany in Monterey. Terrific place, and he has seating spread all over a, a public, a public uh, square over there uh, by the Portola Hotel. And uh, the health department came, made him remove all the tables and chairs, and even though they were they were. Uh, distanced from his his uh, shop, they didn't want anybody sitting anywhere nearby. Well, let, let me get this straight: the the California Coastal Commission trumps even the governor or the or the mayors and the city councils. Is that is that what I think I heard you say? Just a bit of, uh, effectively. When it comes to the waterfront, that's absolutely true. Uh, we had well, in in this case, it's in this case, it's a good thing. I, I have uh, little more than contempt for the uh, Coastal Commission because I think they're uh, the only um, uh, to totally unanswerable uh, to no one uh, body that I've ever, you know, heard of. And <laughs> we've done programs on that whole topic, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm shooting my mouth. Well, it took us, it took us, three, it took us three years uh, to get an 800-square-foot coffee shop through the California Coastal Commission, and when they finally approved it, it came with a myriad of conditions, uh, one of which is we can't open before 9 a.m. because people believe that serving coffee before 9 a.m. was somehow disturbing the tranquility of Lover's Point. Uh, I had to put up signs that uh, the seating was available for all. But we accepted everything because otherwise we, we would never have been able to open it. And it, it's it's been very successful. It's been open for four years now, and, and uh, locals really enjoy it. Down on the wharf, we were remodeling our patio at Abilinetti. Uh It's the largest waterfront patio uh, in Monterey. And there was an issue with the lighting. So we had floodlights that were there for decades that lit the patio. Uh, they came down and said, well, you, those kind of lights aren't allowed. And I said, well, they're all over the buildings um, to my neighbors. And they said, well, that they don't have open applications uh, for improvements. You do. So they maybe removed them, and so for six months we didn't have any lights on our patio because they wouldn't let me put up new lights until they were approved by the California Coastal Commission. That's what Paul Harvey used to say, and I thought that was a great sound. <laughs> um, wow. So you do what you have to do, I guess. <clears throat> I remember in 19, <clears throat> I think it was 72, um, 
when the California Coastal Commission was created, if I'm not mistaken. It was either 72 or 76, somewhere in there. Uh, it was said that uh, California had a bunch of instant millionaires. Because suddenly anybody <clears throat> who owned property uh, that was waterfront, you know, on the California coast became a millionaire because it became much more difficult to, you know, create any new ones, any, any more subdivisions or anything like that. Anyhow, <clears throat> um, so you've obviously lived by these rules and, the, and your restaurants have been very, very successful. I mean, God, whoever thought a pandemic would come along and, uh, well, it's, yeah, the it's, whole world. 2019 was a, was a terrific year. Uh, for the restaurants and yeah, the economy in general. And we were expecting big things for 2020, and then it all came crashing down. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Kevin Phillips, the owner of um, a number of restaurants on the Monterey Peninsula, big-name restaurants like Big Fish Grill, Whaling Station, uh, Beach House Restaurant, and Abilinetti's Whaling Station. Uh, oh, yeah, I said that already. So um, anyhow, uh, if you want to give us a call, on the Saturday special today, 831-479-1080 is the phone number. Or you can email mz at ksco.com. It's not every day we have a prominent restaurateur on with us. And there is um, there's a lot to talk about, actually, uh, uh, you know, about the future. Because there are so many. I think many many businesses have been devastated by the pandemic worldwide but i i think it's a correct statement that no industry uh has been more more seriously devastated than the restaurant industry do you does that does that ring a bell with you what do you think yeah restaurants and bars and uh the cruise industry um but restaurants in particular um a lot of us really don't understand, especially the second lockdown. Right before Thanksgiving, we actually thought there was a chance that we might be partially open for indoor seating by Thanksgiving, and then it went completely the other the other direction. It took us all by surprise, including the uh, the governor divided the state up into five regions. We were in the region called the Bay Area, and it was the one that was the least likely to be locked down uh, the soonest. And then, of course, that changed very quickly. So. All this has been an incredible roller coaster ride from March 17th when we had the total shutdown to reopening for takeout only to briefly reopening for indoor dining and then back to outdoor only, which was really tough, for instance, at the Waiting Station Steakhouse, a restaurant that's 50 years old, uh, the top prime steakhouse in the county. There's no outdoor space. So I had to ask my landlord if we could put a tent in the parking lot and they let me do it so we put a 1400 square foot tent back there we call it prime and we're able to seat uh, about a third of our normal capacity and so, it, it something is degrading uh, um, kevin for some reason and this happens when we talk on a cell phone you probably are getting a strong signal but it's the signal is degrading from our pen we're you're, you're getting a little garbled here so I don't know, maybe okay. it would be good to either get on a landline uh, and call us back if you could, or, or we can call you 
um, or maybe just hang up and then call back and get a, get everything. Because yeah, it's, it's another hardy. thing you can try is if it's on a cell phone, um, just turn off the mobile data. Just like if you, I don't know what phone he has, but it's pretty easy to do that on iPhones. You just uh, tap on the little green button in your control center, the, the one right. that lets you turn up and down the brightness. Press the little green button, and that'll turn off your mobile data. Yeah, that might help. Um, so let's see. We, we do have a couple of callers here. And uh, <laughs> while Kevin is adjusting his phone, he won't be able to hear the callers if they have questions. So I don't know. What do we do here? Uh, should I do a little tap dance? Uh, no, no. Well, let's just take Gary from Santa Cruz. And he wants to talk about deaths in California with COVID. But I hope he ties it to the restaurant uh, subject that Me we're too. talking about today. Yeah. Um, Gary, you're on uh, Saturday special. Oh, good morning, uh, Michael and guest. Uh, yeah, my condolences uh, to the restaurant business on Governor Gruesome, the dictator's illegal and unconstitutional and arbitrary actions. Um, I mean, he is a virtual dictator at this point. Uh, but I found out something the other day. I, I heard that the deaths in California were just over 23,000. We have approximately 40 million people. I went online and I figured out the percent. That is a six percent point six percent point six percent. So six tenths of one percent is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's the death rate in California with our population. Point. Most of most of flus will be around one point five. If you get a bad one like SARS, it was it, it would be you know two to two point five percent. Just to give you a idea of just how low the that this guy is doing this this is above and beyond any reasonable purpose other than i think he's just part of the cabal that's trying to destroy capitalism in this country by going after the the people who are not uh, essential really so that's my that's my opinion and i I, i'm not happy about it you dirty non-essentials yeah 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 (laughs) Dirty Gary, thank you for, for calling 479-1080. Uh, appreciate your yeah, contribution to the Saturday special. Peggy and Pacific Grove uh, regarding the restaurant closure. Peggy, you're on KSEO. Hello? Hello? Oh, Pacific what Grove. Happened? Yeah, what happened to Peggy in Pacific Grove? Or maybe your name's Becky. Uh. Well, someone in Pacific Grove... Okay. Uh oh. Well, we'll go back to hold, and then we'll take uh, Ben in Santa Cruz. Uh, ben, welcome to the Saturday special with Kevin hey, Phillips. Good... Uh, hey, Mike. Doing? This is a good, uh, good subject, and Mike can attest. Mike knows who I am. I back in the day, I worked at the Catalyst, and Mike was a used to partake of the happy hour on Friday night. And the sad thing is. These younger, this generation for the next, who knows how long, will never experience what it's like to be in a in a beautiful nightclub venue with happy people, eating dinner, breaking bread, having cocktails, dancing the night away. Mike can attest to that because he was there. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes, for for sure, uh, Ben. But wow, aren't you? do you think it's going to be that bad? Do you think it's going yes, to be that that lasting? Well, what are you predicting here? 
I think what's going on, Mike, and Randall Kane, the old man that used to own it, the guy was a genius. A lot of sure. people didn't know that he was, he was a professor of literature, taught at the universities up there. I'm, the I'm sure Kevin the must have known or known of Randall Kane, right, Kevin? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what were you what were you going to say, yeah. Ben? He surrounded himself with intellectuals, believe it or not. Those drunks you saw at the bar were all retired journalists and stuff. And uh, they used to talk about this kind of stuff because there were powers that be that used to try really, really hard to shut down nightclubs like that, that size of a venue. And they used to accuse him of being a monopolist, monolithic monster, whatever. There was plenty of room for business and there were plenty of awesome nightclubs and venues around town. Mike remembers what it was like pre-earthquake. I think that's when it changed, and I think that scenario that went down during the earthquake is the same type of genre that's being forced on us and manipulating things now with this COVID scare. It's just the same old political agenda where they just want to really shut down the public square, so to speak. Now, Ben, you make a really good point because when I think of Santa Cruz and nightlife, there's literally only the Catalyst. That's a full-service nightclub. They essentially have a monopoly. What if the government's really trying to normalize monopolies? Well, they really don't, believe it or not. It was very, very hard to keep that place open. And I remember Randall sitting down and talking to all of us, telling us what our target was. And our target was a certain type of market that didn't affect the other nightclubs. And, and that basically had to do with uh, you had to have a deep pocket and you had to be willing to put up a lot of money to get the big performers to just coerce them into town just for that night because he wanted lasting memories that people could remember and put Santa Cruz on the map. That's what Randall was all about. And a lot of people didn't really think about that back then. But now you got everybody's trying to survive and the government and the government didn't make it easy for Randall back then. If there was a political song, like for example, uh, ice cube had a, or no ice T I'm sorry. He was with a band and they used to sing a song called cop killer. It was a real popular song and it was basically kind of along the genre of what's going on with the black lives matter thing now. And so the chief of police back then, I don't want to say his name, but he came in with a goon squad, plain clothes and closed officers. The majority of them spent their times down there getting drunk and partying. But that night, they all came in and stood in front of the stage and threatened to shut the club down because they, they were going to make a law that uh, had something to do with slandering the police or whatever. So Randall had a partner that was a lawyer, and Randall's partner broke it down pretty simply, and it's the same thing with COVID. They cannot legislate from the bench and make up rules nilly-willy on their own, especially if it violates your constitutional rights, period. And Randall used to go to court and tell these guys to go, you know, F off, and they'd, they'd had no leg to stand on. They couldn't do anything about it, and we stayed open. This was constant. And they'd, of course, come in and walk behind the bar with their nightsticks and shove them into the ice bays looking for something, and then we'd have to spend the next hour cleaning out the ice bays and sanitizing the bar, and that was one of their ways they would ding us on a violation, a health code violation. That's some Sopranos-grade madness. What? 
Yeah, that stuff used to go on. And lo and behold, everybody would be happy, you know, drinking and happy hour. They had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. Jeez. It was happening right in front of them. Um, all right, when, and there wasn't a pandemic then, it, it, so they didn't have the excuse that they have now, right? Well, uh, it's kind of the same thing, Mike. It's the same thing, Mike. It's, it's, it's this scare thing. It's this thing where they just assume they have this authority over you. They cannot shut your business down. They can't tell you who you can have in there. But the bottom line is this. But they're doing it, and, it, and, and I don't think – I know. I, don't th- I haven't heard of too many – uh, restaurant tours that have done what you described uh, that that there is, there is. did. Oh, tell tell there me. Is, maybe I, maybe Kevin knows about that, or it might be too sensitive a subject for. No, I mean, no, I, the East Coast guy, that bar on the East Coast, he's doing it. He's basically saying, "No, we're not playing your game." And what they're doing, they can't arrest him. They can't arrest the patrons. So what the cops are doing, by the order of the governor, they're standing in front of the doors, blocking people from coming in. And the only way around it, the guy had to declare one of those free zones like they did up there in Washington, you know, the protesters, what do they call it, autonomous zone? So he had to autonomize zone his bar. Everybody goes in, so now they're left with fining the bar owner who owns the liquor license. They're threatening to take his liquor license, and they're giving him a $10,000 a day fine, and his lawyers are saying, go ahead, rack it up, because that's what we're going to counter sue. The, the, the government for for the fine. And I forget what that's called. It has something to do with um, mutiny or uh, something to do with uh, when, when your government turns against you, it's a form of mutiny and treason. And they're going to play that card to sue the reverse slap suit to get the fine money paid to them and pun- punishment against the government. Interesting. Very interesting, Ben. Uh, Kevin? Uh, without going down the road, uh, an uncomfortable road here. Um, (laughs) Okay, Mike, I got to go. All right, thank you, Ben. Um, Kevin, have you heard of some of these things that Ben described? Uh, Certainly. First, uh, is the sound better now? Yeah, yeah, it is. Thank you. Okay. I just, uh, I think it's great that only smart people are allowed to listen and phone in to the Saturday special. (laughs) Good. Yeah, well, it's by design, but, uh, and, and we're we're gonna we're coming up on thir- on our thirtieth uh, anniversary of of uh, wow. uh, we operating KSCO that way uh, on January thirty first coming up, so we're pretty close. Anyhow, um, so okay, here here's sort of a here's sort of a pointed question: How bad would things have to get, or is it possible that it could ever get that bad for you to take the action that? Um, that Ben described? Well, I can tell you, first of all, there's two operators in the area. A uh, gentleman's got a coffee shop called Aloha in Monterey, and he was uh, ticketed several times for mask violations of his staff and patrons, and they ordered him closed. Well, he's still open uh, and collecting fines. And then in, in Carmel, kind of a famous story, a restaurant called The Tuck Box. Oh, yeah, I remember really that. Never, yeah. What's the latest yeah, with he, that? He's never really closed. He was serving indoors when no one was supposed to be serving at all, and now he's still serving outdoors and uh, being ticketed and fined. Ultimately, they can they can pull our liquor license and our, and our uh, food license to the health department, and then we really are operating illegally. But the other thing that's important to me is I have partners and uh, family of the – 
uh, Jim Gilbert uh, and, and the trust. And I feel a very strong responsibility for them. And so I don't, I don't want, I won't do anything that could cause harm to their interests also. But you have to wonder because at some point doing only takeout for a full service restaurant is not a business model uh, that can, that can be sustained. So if you continue to lose money, then it's no longer a business, and then you really have to take uh, drastic measures. In other words, the Tuck Box and that Aloha Coffee Shop, they're partaking in what I'd like to call the live free or dine movement. No doubt about it. Uh, they, they both said they don't have any any uh, choice. Uh, the Tuck Box, if he, if he doesn't stay open, he's going to be out of business. And several of my friends have closed their businesses uh, permanently, and uh, it's it's just heartbreaking. That's tragic. And but it's angering too. It's it's very because they they that shouldn't have happened, and they have no right to for to to create the conditions that made closing uh, necessary. So so that's again, what we're told to follow the science and that does not follow the science. Uh, outdoor dining is safe at our outdoor spaces. We know all the tables are properly spaced. All the staff is very well trained in, the, in the, all the protocols required uh, for COVID. And with tens of thousands of people coming to the Monterey Peninsula for months, particularly on weekends, there really hasn't been a lot of activity uh, on the peninsula. Well, I listened to our county health officer try and spin the whole outdoor dining thing being closed. And the best takeaways I got from it is that this is what Auntie Newell said. Auntie Newell said that serving alcohol is one of the main factors and it lowers the inhibitions and then people forget to social distance. And then the other argument I've heard is, oh, it encourages people to gather that are outside their households and i think to myself well i mean people are going to gather anyway why don't we do it in a safe manner call it harm reduction people love harm reduction don't they so that's one way to look at it and uh, another way is that if we're also going to allow things such as drive-in events or drive-through christmas light shows where they charge by the car people are going to be carpooling or covid pooling so I don't get how that gets a pass, but the outdoor dining doesn't if that allows people to gather in a safer fashion. Yeah, one of the misconceptions has to do with uh, what measure of safety are you looking for? If you're looking for 100% safety, you would never leave your house, get in your car, and drive anywhere. Yep. By the way, Peggy's back. All right, let's take Peggy. Uh... All right, Peggy, you there? I'm here. Hi. Hi, would you get on the a regular phone instead just of a, a little speaker closer. phone? Because you sound yeah, you sound very echoey. Uh, okay, uh, just just talk into the phone would be great instead of a speaker phone. And uh, yeah, welcome to the Saturday special with Kevin Phillips and Josh Josh Stevens and poor old beleaguered MZ. Are you? I'm, thank you very much. Hi. Hi. So what's up? What's up? Well, I've, I've just been listening, and I'm and I'm I'm actually I'm a Pacific Grove uh, resident, and okay. uh, I just I've, I've been listening to Kevin, and we just wanted to tell him, and also uh, just tell him how much we appreciate the restaurants that he has. Uh, one of our favorite restaurants is the Whaling Station. We love Freddie and his group, so um, we we're very sad that that uh, we've been closed down again. 
and I think it's wrong. And I think, you know, that I don't know whether we, is there something, you know, that we can all band together to, you know, go to the city council or whatever and get this changed. Um, well, was we it the city also, council that clo- that closed it? Well, wasn't it, it the, wasn't, isn't it the governor? I, isn't it the governor? Well, it is. But what I was just going to say, though, what happened, we also have a home in Paso Robles. And we just, we were there for Christmas. And the city council of, of uh, Paso Robles voted not to listen to the, the order and kept their city in the, in the purple tier. They are not forcing their restaurants to close up, and they still are open for outside dining. And wow. I mean, it, yeah. So there are, there are cities, and this is two hours south of us here, that are doing this. I mean, it's just not right. Uh, we went into a, we went into one of our favorite places for breakfast there, and they said, look, they're telling people if they're coming in and complaining that they're still open. They said they're telling people, you don't have to come in. We can make you, we can give you, we can make takeout for you, and you can take it, but you don't have to come in. Don't come in. But they kept them open. They left them in the purple tier, which I thought was pretty fabulous. So, Kevin must have heard of that, right, Kevin? Yeah, as I understand it, cities that have their own health departments uh, can overrule the county orders. And oh, state, well, I, I don't know. I, I'm not. Well, this is actually, this is actually, they're in like San Luis Obispo uh, County. So I'm not sure about, I do know that mm-hmm. it was, there was a big article about it. And it was the actual, the city council that voted to let them stay open. So I, I, you know, I don't know. I got, when I heard that about around Thanksgiving, when they closed us again, you know, on the peninsula here, I actually called the, called the Chamber of Commerce to see if they could, you know, and, and just, there just nobody really, nobody really kind of stepped down and did anything. But uh, I, I just, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's just too bad, and we hate to see all of you good folks hurting the way you are. So. What can, okay, guess, now, I, so what, what can we do? What can anybody do? Are we all powerless, or, or what, can, what can anybody do uh, to right this wrong? Or just say no. We're not gonna. We're not gonna stand for this. Uh, I mean, uh, Kevin said that because he has. Par- I'm assuming that you've discussed this with your partners, Kevin, and uh, or, or maybe not. I don't know. I mean, if I was in that predicament, I I I don't know. I don't know what I do. I, I I think there's more of a chance that I would stand up to them and do what the tuck box guy has done and so forth. Would you really do that, or would I, you? I, I, I think so. I think so. Or would you consider public seating instead of outdoor seating? Well, how do you do that? I oh. mean, like up here in San Francisco, where I happen to be, um, there are a lot of outdoor, um, you know, shelters that have been set up. And now, you, you don't find any tables or chairs in these shelters because they're shut down at the moment. Uh, but I remember when they first popped up that uh, the, the, re- the restaurant people were saying that they had to compensate the city for all of the lost uh, parking meter uh, revenue. Yeah, for the parklets. Now, one of the ways I've read about them taking the counteractions in San Francisco specifically, I don't know how many restaurants have done this, but there is at least one case where a restaurant did take away their chairs, but they kept the tables out and said, oh, we're not going to 
we're not going to offer you outdoor service, but you take your takeout out there. You can stand up, you can eat it, whatever. It's not our problem because we're it's outdoor seating arrangements or outdoor standing tables, and they've been able to get away and skirt around that ban in that particular. And, and, they're, and they're not getting fined, as far as you know, right? To the best of my knowledge, they're not. Or and Kevin, they what, do you, are, what do you know about situations like that? Well, in, in here in the city of Pacific Grove, a city that I love, that where I live, and uh, is considered my hometown. Uh, they've been very restrictive about that. As I mentioned earlier, they actually wanted us to remove all outdoor tables and chairs and heaters and lock everything up. Um, when we built our parklet in front of the beach house, we anchored the tables down. We screwed them down to the deck so they couldn't be moved around to make sure that we would maintain the distance between them. Uh, but I did, I did remove the chairs, but uh, the tables are still there. And they are very much discouraging any type of accommodation for outdoor seating. Uh, even New York City, which is far more restrictive in their lockdowns than here, they have outdoor dining. Of course, it's zero degrees today. Then. But, yeah, standing is a workaround, I would say. <laughs> Jeez. All right, you're listening to the KSCO um, day after Christmas in the worst year that I can remember, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> on your favorite radio station, AM 1080 and FM 104.1 and a bunch of others. Um, <clears throat> KSCO, um, Kevin Phillips, uh, owner of um, Abilinetti's Beach House Restaurant and Lover's Point Cafe, Big Fish Grill, Monterey and Whaling Station Steakhouse, is our special guest today. And uh, if you want to call and, uh, and ask a question or make a comment... Or whatever. We, I don't. We'll just sort of see how uh, hour number two unfolds. Um, we we didn't. Uh, Kevin, you you might have things that you have to attend to, but if you don't, you're certainly welcome, and we would encourage you to uh, stay with us. And we don't have to keep the the, uh, the uh, topic uh, what it has been. We can uh, look to broaden it and so forth. But for right now, that overnight. Mostly cloudy, patchy fog rolling in, lows in the mid to upper 30s. Sunday, bringing back the showers, highs in the mid 50s, keeping it in the low 40s during those overnight hours. Rain will be dissipating by Monday afternoon or Monday night. Time now for more Saturday special. It's KSCO. Hi, Josh. Josh Stevens. Hi, MZ Michael Zorling. And hi, Kevin um, Kevin Phillips. Are you there? Oh. Oh, he's not. No, he he's on. He is. I, I had him turned down, but not all the way because I didn't want him talking over. Okay, we'll over. do it one more time. Hi, Kevin. Kevin Phillips, are you there? Hello, MZ. I'm here. <laughs> okay, good. Here we go here. Oh, hello, darling. I hate to hang up on you, but I'm sorry, baby, but I have to go. It's time for that wonderful record show. I'd love to visit, but you'll have to call back. KSCO has the inside track. Well, hello there. If you don't know the person's name, it's because you forgot or whatever. It's always safe to say there. I'm sorry, baby, but I really gotta go to KSCO. Bye.
Welcome to hour number two of the Saturday special program with uh, MZ Josh Stevens, uh, uh, special guest Kevin Phillips, restaurateur, and uh, you, the callers. By the way, if you want to call, and we hope you will, the number to call is 831-479-1080. Or the email address to use, if you don't want to speak your contribution to the program, but you want to write it, the uh, the uh, email address is mz at kscocom And uh, we have a call from a restaurant supporter. Does the restaurant supporter, well, the name is concealed. So here, hello, restaurant supporter. Welcome to KSCO with Kevin and MZ. Wait a minute. I, I pressed it. Now, here you are, restaurant supporter. You there? Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, good, good, or good morning. Okay. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. Um, I think people that are advocating for the locking down of businesses, and I mean, they don't understand the repercussions that it has, and, you know, so. But I think it's awesome. What, what was the restaurant you, you folks were talking about? Several of them, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kevin uh, owns uh, Abilenetti's Abilenetti's Bar and Grill in Monterey. Okay. The Beach House Restaurant at Lover's Point and the Lover's Point Beach Cafe right below. The Big Fish Grill in Monterey at the Monterey Wharf. And the Whaling Station Steakhouse, which is, I think it's right next door to um, the the Sardine Factory, right, uh, Kevin? Yes, right next door. Two of the oldest restaurants uh, uh, continuously yeah. operating in Canary Row. I love the red, yeah, it's awesome and, restaurants out there, and I think it's you know it's great what you guys are doing, and I, I, I think it's important that people in the community actually you know protect these businesses, and because uh, it, it can really bleed out a business owner. Obviously, you folks know that you know you, you keep putting something in, they change the law. You already put all this money for outdoor outdoor dining, and then. But so thanks, thanks a lot. And I, I wanted to bring up—I don't know if you folks remember the woman that took, took that uh, the shot for the the Pfizer shot on TV. The nurse that passed fainted after. Did you hear about I, that? I, yes, absolutely. What What do you know? Is there some new information? Well, there is. Um, it's kind of interesting. I saw. Well, I saw a video, um, and this guy—he looked up the. You, you can go to searchquarry.com, and he looked it up. And he found Tiffany Dover um, from Alabama, and it, you know, her parents were the same. It, it was, you know, that supposedly ten hours after that she died. She's dead. Wow. Yeah, uh, I, you, this is interesting thing, and this is the interesting thing. Yesterday, last night, and today, I looked up and I found my dead family member um, on there in Santa Cruz, and I was on there. It had my name as a relative and then i look up the you know tiffany dover you can't look it up what do you mean you can't look (laughs) what 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 do you what do you what do you mean i don't understand what you just said it won't says that when i look up tiffany dover it says oh maybe too many people are searching or something and then i look up other dead people and they're all coming up just you can't look up tiffany dover right now on searchquarry.com look up on searchquarry.com Quarry.com with the Q-U-A. 
Tiffany.com. You will not T-I- be able to look up Tiffany Dover. Spell it for us. T-I-F-F-A-N-Y. Yep. And then D-O-V-E-R is in Dover, Delaware. Yep. Or Dover, Seoul. Okay. And this is the lady uh, who took a vaccination and had a, a negative reaction and you say has since died and they're she covering that up. Yeah, huh? beautiful lady. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. There's a, you know, but I know that oh. I, that's what I saw. I looked at the video and yes, they did look her up. She was there. And then I tried to look it up. I think because the video they don't want, because I think this is a really good, you know, healthy vaccine, I guess. And they don't want people getting it too quick once they see how, you know. People are passing out. <laughs> you know, it's just ridiculous. So I think people need to think before they do, you know, do anything and, you know, ask your medical professional and be smart and use your brain. Because I, I looked up my, my dead grandmother and I could find her, but I can't find Tiffany Dover when, why can't you look, look up her? Um, what is the so are you're not going to take the vaccination at least so so quickly am i right i mean i don't need a vaccine i'm healthy i I would never take a vaccine i don't need one i'm fine kevin what what's your thinking on that well uh same rationale i used to take my first flu shot this year Uh, i turned 61 in october and i thought well if if i'm 51 percent in favor of doing it, I might as well do it, and I did. And uh, as exposed to as many people as I am on a given day, I, I think I'll have to. I'll have to do it. Yeah, and okay. I, I believe in freedom. I, wait, let me say one last thing. I believe in people's freedom of choice, and it's their body. And I will say that you know you want to take. Remember, this is a new. There's never have has been done on humans. Is this MNR? Uh, this genetically modified vaccine that's been rushed out in seven months i mean just think about it you know i mean it's is it really necessary when the you know we have a such a low percentage of death to take such risks is is it necessary it's up to you and i think people should have the choice right thank thank you thank you folks and look it up you know go look at the lady she the nurse she passed out 15 minutes later 10 hours later supposedly now she's dead 30 years old two kids Two kids, beautiful lady from Alabama. Uh, so God bless all you, you know. God bless all you and think for yourself. you got a beautiful brain, all of you, you know, so everyone okay. should think. Thank you, Mr. Thank Supporter. You uh, okay, here comes Minnie in Aptos who wants to defund the local decision makers. Uh, yes, I certainly do because they need to feel the pinch why should they benefit from hindering the rest of us when their their job should be voluntary, not funded, not huge stuff? If you really want to end this COVID crap, start defunding the locals and then go all the way to the governor. Oh. And that's how we're going to end this this quote unquote pandemic, which is hogwash. But it's going to take. With. But doing doing it your way. MC. I'm sorry. I. I stop it i mean i have to stop it here i i'm i'm moving the 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 ipad around and and i'm touching buttons in the process so uh okay now it should be back to normal again oh jesus i'm sorry josh stevens did i blow your eardrums out you did i i guess i'll be deaf now well at least you got the other ear oh wait a minute did it work both ears 
Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and the whole audience, too, probably, huh? What? <laughs> oh, okay, Minnie, um, your idea is good, but it's going to take too long, and the economy will be dead by then. So I, no. I, I th- no, you start by calling up whoever writes the checks for these local criminals. They and they back. They can pay back since the COVID started. They can refund us back our money, and then. This will end immediately, and they'll stop the harassment, the unconstitutional mandates, which are killers, not benefactors. And once you get the Gail Newells and all the Marinos and all these criminals in charge, then we're going to be back to being America and California. Until then, if we don't rise up, we're going to wind up a third-world country a dictatorship that it is California, it's unconstitutional. And so we need to rise up. I haven't heard anybody mention it. I was just thinking, hey, if they had to do volunteer work, would they be in those positions? Hell no. They hinder us. We pay them. We have the right to take away their paycheck. Is there anybody anybody in the KOCO listening audience who agrees with Minnie. If so, please call 479-1080. I have a funny feeling that Minnie is by herself on this. And I'm sad about that because I'm with Minnie. I'm with Minnie on that. But I, 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 I don't think it's realistic to take place, you know, and it's be successful in a, in, a, in a reasonable amount of time. That's all I'd be before all these companies die, Minnie. You see what I'm saying? Uh, you get a lawyer. You get a lawyer, and it, this goes into action immediately to uh, to start the lawsuit of them paying us back. Because so far they've siphoned off of us, and they're not following their oath of offices, and I'm really tired of it. Do we have um, any lawyers listening to the Saturday special today? If so, please call 479-1080 if you think that there might be um, something to what uh, Minnie is suggesting. Because, yeah, I agree with her. I mean, if something like this is going to happen, <laughs> you got to understand the law, and there's got to be a lawyer step, one or more lawyers to step forward and carry this ball. 479-1080 in area code 831. Thank you, MC. Minnie, thank you for calling. Um Okay, some lady in Carmel, a book about this. Who is this some lady in Carmel? Who are you? Yeah, this is Helga. Good morning. Oh, it's Helga, one of my favorite ladies in Carmel. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, you know, I listen to your show. Uh, I want to tell everybody that's talking about our Constitution, we don't have one at the moment. It's called a pandemic. That's how they put it. We're under the government of the United Nations. And everybody needs to get this book and read it. It's global. There's nothing we can do. All they need now is to get Trump out of office and put Biden in. You and are to KSCO. Oh, hold on. MZ screwed his iPad again. Hello? Hello? You're back. Yeah, Sorry and, about that. Go ahead. Okay. 
The book is called, I'm reading it, I'm almost done. It was written by a German man. He lives in Geneva. He's with that globalization. And it's been all set up. Uh, COVID-19, the Great Reset. And we're going to have to wear this mask to 2022. By then, everybody is never going to take the mask off because this is a mass uh, indoctrination for uh, order, like under uh, Germany. I'm from Germany, and this is exactly what's happening. We have no more power, and that governor of California has to take orders from headquarters that he has to implement all these things. So do the other governors of all the states. And if people think they can sue for our constitutional right, they're whistling up a wrong tree. It's never going to happen. We're done. Is, we are done. Uh, boy, what a depressing statement that is. I'm sorry to say it. Once Trump is out of office, Biden will enforce all these measurements. Uh, uh, they're going to be mandatory injections of this shot, whether you want it or not. You're going to have to take the shots or you will not go in a grocery store on an airplane or drive a car. I'm telling you right now, that's what's coming. I'm reading it in the book. The book is only 20 bucks. Get it on Amazon, and you can find out what's going on. And soon for our constitutional right, they're going to laugh you right out of court. We have no constitution right now. Do you think we'll ever have one again, or is it, or is it over? Uh, well, I put my faith in God Almighty. I tell you, he's the only one that can keep Trump in. I don't think he's going to be in. I think they're going to get him out somehow. And uh, when that when Biden gets in and then the woman will get in after Biden, they will. then you're going to have more lockdown, more strict. It'll be like communism, so to speak. This country was the envy of the world. This and, and the borders will be wide open, so you're going to expect hundreds of thousands of foreigners coming. So anyway, everything Trump did will be undone if Biden gets in. I can't tell you that. Read the book. Okay, Helga, thank you for... I... A, a happy new year. <laughs> After all that? Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, don't, well, listen, don't give up. Don't give up. I mean, Trump is still the president. It's a, a, he's still in there. And he okay. he's, fighting, he's fighting for the people. I voted for him twice. And he's fighting to get $2,000. But that Pelosi woman, she wants all this to go to foreign country, this and here and that and that. So people need to uh, be, we are under an emergency law from the United Nations right now. And Dr. Fauci and uh, Bill Gates are, are so to speak, uh, they're in charge, not, not Trump. Okay. All right. <laughs> Happy New Year to you, too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Dan in Pacific Grove, you're on KFCO. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, let's see. Some of these issues uh, um, <clears throat> being discussed, uh, I want to comment on. I don't. In recent months, I've looked some of these items up: state constitution and the California government code. I don't have my notes in front of me. It's probably just as well. 
months will be a lot shorter. So I'll just start throwing these out. Uh, it was very interesting, the comment about Paso Robles, um, as they call it down there. The uh, Yes, uh, I believe it's California State Constitution and Government Code provide the authority to the city. It's vested in the city, the health department, and uh, further provides that the city can arrange with the county by request make an arrangement for the county to carry out that health department uh, operation. Now, the county, the authority vested in the county as far as health department, the county only has authority in the unincorporated parts of the county. That's law. So, But when a city makes an arrangement with the county to carry out that function, then the county health officer has authority in that city. And I'm surprised that that's not been um, nobody's pushed that because we get angry at the county health officer, but they're only they only have authority in the city because the city council likes it that way. They want it just the way it is. Now uh, the city of Santa Cruz and Pacific Grove and Monterey and Carmel in past decades have all arranged for the county health officer to uh, carry out the function of health officer in the city. Now, given that they have original authority, they can obviously, they have authority to modify that or change it. So it sounds like that's what Paso Robles did. So when we have an argument with the county health department orders, uh, we can take it to the city council, who generally are very happy with this current arrangement, apparently. They have chosen to not... uh, exercise the authority vested in the city council for that. Another point uh, in perusing the state constitution and government code, the uh, um, authority is provided to the governor to, in certain circumstances, which are defined, it includes uh, an epidemic is one of them, um, you know, threats, the threats to uh, property and life uh, in that circumstance the governor can issue executive orders now two two pertinent points that jumped out at me one is they must conform those orders must conform to the constitution i'm quite certain there's a good argument that's been violated uh, secondly the uh, authority is provided to the governor acting with executive orders to commandeer property. So we looked that up, commandeer. That means take possession or control. So when an executive order tells a business owner he cannot go to his business, he cannot open the door, that sounds to me like control. But if, if that's done, if property is commandeered, the law provides that the owner must be compensated. I I think there's uh, I talked to a lawyer friend of mine who said, oh yeah, that's a very good argument. I've spent time with lawyers, but I'm not one. <laughs> but uh, um, so I I would love to see every small business in California that has been taken control of in this manner uh, submit a claim, which the law very clearly provides that a property owner that has had their property commandeered. In this case, taking control of, 
there's a process, and I think it's the California Government Services Agency, but that's it's uh, not hard to look up. I think submit, you have done a wonderful service today yeah, submit the on the claim. Saturday special, Dan. Well, submit, submit a claim, to? which uh, it's to this particular government agency, and that's it's it's in the government code. And it's probably better. I don't have all the numbers in front of me. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll look into that. We'll put it out. But we want to uh, thank you for calling. We got quite one, a number of what, calls. One, one more item. If everybody would, and I ask any lawyer to do this, and lawyers have verified this to me and agree, and, but in every single governor's order, the la read the last paragraph just above the signature line. What that says is that this is not enforceable. Now, I know people in law enforcement, entire units of some of our law enforcement agencies that are not enforcing this, this because of that last paragraph. I would ask any, everybody interested, read the last paragraph, particularly the last four words. Okay. That's all I have. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, here's Richard in uh, Santa Cruz about Mini. What do you want to say about Minnie, Richard? <laughs> you asked, well, I, I, I wanted to say that I agree with her totally. Uh, but uh, Trump is not the, uh, the only uh, person, you know, that we can count. We can't put it all on him. Well, you're not, I, I, I think you were talking about Helga, not Minnie. Well, both, actually. Okay. I think they, right. they related to each other. And, okay, and, that's and, true, uh, yeah. And uh, uh, one of the things that gets me uh, PO'd as a former. Uh, community organizer trained by Saul Alinsky, <clears throat> anyway, is to listen to people go, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And uh, like Chicken Little running around and the sky is falling. And, and it's obvious. You do what uh, Martin Luther King did. You create a movement and you get together. Now, the, the cabal or whoever is behind all this is obviously trying to keep us all alone and separated and in our little places and not uh and social distancing and the important thing obviously is to get together and talk and and to come up with ideas and uh and one of the things that uh, you know uh, i remember when i first uh, joined the anti-war movement was uh i was uh, poo-pooing and i'm a single bird what am i going to do and one day i went down uh to the post office in waterbury and uh connecticut and there was the local uh, minister and six other people, and uh, including his wife, with signs saying, uh, you know, ban the war or whatever. And I You're thought, talking about well, the Viet Vietnam War? Yeah. And okay. so I thought, well, this is it. I, I just decided I'm going to join them, you know. So I went over and I stood with them. Now, that's a movement. That, that's something that people, people want to do something. And standing or marching is something that you can do. And everybody should be doing that. And so there's always a place in every little town. All the towns have little issues that are important. Not uh, big issues to them, but to Donald Trump, not. Okay? He can't do everything. So uh, it's important for people everywhere to organize around themselves and, and talk about what, what their important issues are and what they can do. And, and if there are big issues and national issues, they can, they can talk about that, too, and demonstrate about that. But imagine, for example, if, if people got together, say 20 people or 50, and they, social di they did a demonstration with social distancing six feet apart, well, you could shut down a, a major part of a, of a town. I mean, 
by standing six feet apart with a sign saying, uh, I protest this or I protest that. But I, I just think that it's important for people to, um, to get together and to organize a resistance, a real resistance. And that means, I mean, people have time on their hands. They can, instead of going playing golf, I'm not saying that they shouldn't play golf, but they could, they could uh, dedicate at least one day or a few hours on one day each week uh, to making a point about something like restaurants, you know, that sort of thing. A- anyway, um, but that's uh, a digression. Uh, I was the one that called last week about Dominion. We got cut off by the time. I was wondering oh, if, yes. uh, if there was some time you'd l- like to talk about that or, or not. Of course we want to talk about Dominion, the voting oh. machines. Okay, I don't of know whether... Of course we want to. Not I'm now, not though. sure it's still relevant. Well, not no. now? No, not oh. now. Definitely okay. not now because we're, okay. we're talking about, you know, uh, yeah. other things yeah. right now. Well, that's, that's my point is basically okay. uh, organize, folks. Right. Get together and, uh, and go down to the post office with a sign, and maybe somebody will join you, and maybe you'll get to know each other, make, exchange phone numbers and addresses and, and talk, and then maybe somebody else, and then pretty soon you'll have something. You'll have something going. Okay, uh, good point. Thank you so much. Here's Zoltan in Santa Cruz. The problem with lockdowns. What is the problem with lockdowns? There are many. Well, the, the problem with the lockdowns is, number one, it's, uh, it's, it's illegal, it's unconstitutional. And, and the whole problem is that they're, they're locking, up the, locking out the bit, people out of businesses, uh, uh, hairdressers, uh, um, uh, restaurant owners, and so on. What, let me just ask a question. When there's a war, what do they do? First, they, the enemy, they, they want to bomb the crap out of the enemy and, and starve the people until they, they're physically and mentally they are exhausted. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, so this is what's happening right now. So we are the enemy, and, and the people who are fighting us, those are the, uh, the Agenda 21 globalists. The, the, something similar to what, what Helga was, was mentioning, too, okay? So uh, Senior Bush, you know, way back, you know, signed the agreement uh, in Rio for Agenda 21, where they want to come up with a new world order. Right now, you know, the the uh, Kobe is 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 a weapon of the choice against people and the massive brainwashing. Then then you have the uh, the the media, uh, social media, the censorship. So they they're trying to control the population. And they're wearing the people down, and we've been, you know, fighting this this COVID virus for over a year. Okay, just about. Okay, so uh, so the problem is is that if if you remember, Obama always had the problem, the uh, negative rights of the government. So in other words, what the government cannot do to us. So <clears throat> here the Democrats, uh, with, with the Chinese and the media. They all, all kind of jointly uh, started to attack Trumps from day one because what they really wanted to do is how to control the population, how to control the people, okay? So what they really want to do is is uh, get rid of the Constitution because Constitution is the one that prevents the government to uh, to do things against us, except in, in states like uh, California, Oregon, and you know all these democratic-controlled states, where they could do all the rioting, and and the federal government with Trump could not do anything because they did not want any federal help to uh, 
to uh, get rid of all these uh, lootings and burnings and, and, and so on, right? So, so this, this, has, this is like a, a treason against uh, the rest of the, the, the population is, is to throw over the, the government which was legally elected, right? So, uh, and they are actually following the Salalinsky's uh, uh, book, you know, for a book for the radicals, How to Stay in Power. So we just keep on disturbing people. So we've been disturbed with this in the COVID virus from, from day one. Then we had the massive fire. Well, maybe maybe but, it'll backfire, though. What do you think? Yeah, it, Could... it will backfire. And, and also, like in, like in a case of, uh, you know, Fox, you know, uh, the TV, so the viewership went down by 40%. And uh, they are not even mentioning anything about what is happening on the legal side uh, currently. And, uh, uh, counting uh, the, uh, the votes. As a matter of fact, uh, next week, next week, uh, Georgia will will come and uh, decertify the electorals, and also also Arizona. So the complete, uh, you know, forensic, um, uh, um, you know, um, investigation is going on in all these places, and they already proved that. Uh, the internet, through the internet, the Chinese, okay, through the uh, Serbians, and also through some of these uh, uh, programmers from Venezuela, they all had access to to the uh, to the voting machines and software wise. So this is all coming up, okay. And also on on January the sixth, you're gonna see uh, a North Carolina senator, not a senator, a congressman is gonna gonna uh, be intervening against uh, accepting the election result, okay? So Pence going to not sort to certify the election anyway. So then, then the whole thing is going to go back to the governors. So the governor, uh, we have, we have uh, 30 Republican governors. They're going to be voting against 20 Democratic governors. So Trump's going to stay on. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I just hear you say that Trump is going to stay on? Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely. 100%. How much you want to bet? Uh, I don't want to bet against that because that's what I want. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I, I've i been hearing this ever since the election, that Trump is going to win Trump. Is, and I've been saying it myself, but I'm not saying that anymore because <clears throat> I don't well, believe well, it. You see, you see, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I wish I could believe it. I wish you could say something to make me believe it, but you haven't. You haven't. Well, well, and what I want to hear, you say what I yeah. want to hear, but you haven't said what I want to believe. What about you, Kevin? I know we're talking about restaurants, but do you want to you want to chime in on this at all? Well, so we had uh, Minnie, Helga, Dan, Richard, and Zoltan. Terrific callers, great content. But one thing that's always been said about bars is also true for restaurants that uh, restaurant owners and managers do not talk about politics or religion. Okay, I get it. They alienate our, our uh, customers. What, what, what you see, the problem in California with restaurants, they, they just want to get rid of the middle class, okay? They want to wear you down. They keep on moving the, the goalposts. They, you know, they, they're trying to uh, you know, wear you down to the point where financially you, 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 you're broke. That's the problem. Okay. Um, Zoltan, and, what and can the, I say? And, I, I, and, and I and wish... let, me, let, me, let me add a couple of more things. Okay, some of the gentlemen said, 
you have to get legal action you know against the state they are doing the same thing in finally in germany okay dr martin and you know, schwab and dr reinhardt they, they have they have what they call the oval media so so this yeah he's the gentleman who actually sued the volkswagen with all these uh, fraudulent uh, uh, testing uh, on the diesel uh, and so on okay so so they are advancing the lawsuit there and also uh, you know tens of thousands of complaints went over to the World Health Organization and, and they're trying to uh, see if, if they can, you know, actually they're, they're getting the message slowly, but unfortunately China is controlling the World Health Organization and just, just like they are doing the same thing the United Nations. Okay, so, so, so the problem is a lot bigger than, than what, what you see in front of your eyes there. Okay, well, we can't go out, you know, uh, to the park or the or the children are locked up. There's a tremendous damage against the children in the school. They need to be educated. Right? So all, all of this, because yeah, well, children... Well, really even, even if you're right, which I don't think you are, and which I wish you were, about yeah, Trump okay. remain, remaining in the presidency, remaining in the White House, um, all these years that he was in the White House, he, he couldn't... He, he, was, he was amazingly resilient. I mean, after just nothing but, but attacks is. on him... He, he still wasn't able to 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 uh, do anything against the control, you know, the the new world order control, the one world government control uh, regarding the pandemic. He it just it blindsided him even, Zoltan. You got well, to admit well, that. Well, I, I understand. OK, unfortunately, some of the people serving him in the White House are backstabbing him. OK, including some of the senators. So uh he helped a lot of senators to be reelected, and uh, like eight of them, and, and, and they're totally quiet right now for the helping the reelection in uh, in in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, he he's got problem. I'm not saying he doesn't. Okay, but again, but again, he he has to you know stop, and he is doing a great job, you know, slowing down the Chinese moving in. Look at. That's going to be the worst, the worst thing about not having Trump as our president. Is that yeah, the China, that, the China, yeah. we, we will be the Chinese-controlled uh, com- uh, United States yeah, of America. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't want to be that. Like, 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 in, like in France and, 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 in, and in England, they're, they're already talking openly that if you don't get the COVID, you know, COVID vaccine, you're going to get a, you know, they want you to have a little COVID passport. Or something with with a illuminating medical stuff. Are any of them talking about ex, about execution if you don't get the vaccine? You think I'm kidding around? I'm not. I'm dead serious. Is anybody talking execution if you don't get the vaccine? If they're not, no, I think they're. Uh, I, I think they're going I to pretty soon. Zoltan, we got to cool. we got we got to move on. But thank you for calling four seven nine ten eighty. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Okay, before we go to Rory in Watsonville, I want to mention something. Um, so um, one of the reasons Kevin and I, uh, Kevin and I started talking, uh, he responded, I don't know, going on two years ago to a request that we put out on KSCO saying, wouldn't it be nice if we had Dave Cave South, if we had a, a Monterey or Monterey Salinas uh, um, Dave Cave location so that a, a lot of people um, – drive up from Monterey County, and they've asked us, gee, wouldn't it be nice if you guys, if we didn't have to drive so far, drive all the way around the bay, uh, you know, almost an hour one way and almost an hour back, depending upon if they're coming from Carmel Valley or something, it's even more than an hour. 
So that's uh, Kevin reached out to me and said, hey, I've got a, a, a property, a, a place here right below our restaurant at Lover's Point, uh, the Beach House restaurant that has uh, what I think could be a perfect location for Dave Cave South uh, as a m- mineral store. Uh, Dave Cave is what we call our um, KSCO mineral store, which is located at the radio station at 2300 Portola Drive. And uh, we take a tri- we took a trip over there and noticed that right in in a in right beside the beach cafe, there's a room that's the perfect size, in the perfect location, and has perfect nearby free parking for the Dave Cave. And so I I wanted to mention that uh, before we uh, finish the program today. And sort of take the temperature of our of our Monterey County audience, which I think is pretty significant. Um, right there at, uh, wouldn't it be nice if we had Dave Cave South or a KSEO Mineral Store right there under the Beach House Restaurant? That's what we're thinking about. So I just wanted to mention that. Uh, we've got another uh, 15, 16 minutes left on the Saturday special. We'd love to have you call 479-1080 so that you can participate. You can ask our guest uh uh, Kevin Phillips, uh, the owner of a uh, number of uh, great uh, Monterey Peninsula restaurants, a question or make a comment to him about uh, how the governments have, uh, the, the, the local, regional, national governments have basically made it impossible for you to, uh, all but impossible, I guess you could still do takeout at these restaurants, uh, for these restaurants to survive and for you to have a good time eating at these uh eating this restaurant food, uh, 479-1080 or mz at ksco.com if you want to use email. Here is Rory in Watsonville. Go, uh, Rory, you're on. Thank you, and uh, Happy New Year's to the two of you. And is it your guest name is Dan? Kevin. Kevin, Kev- Kevin Phillips. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin Phillips. Well, listen, Kevin, do you know about Basilico's Restaurant in Huntington Beach? Uh, I do not. Okay. I think his last name is Roma. He never closed. It's an Italian restaurant. He told him Afangulo and no, I'm not closing. And uh, he got cited. I don't know which, which, if it was the city or the county. Anyway, he went to court one time and he said, his lawyer said, show us where you have the legal authority to close us. And that was it. No more court cases. And he's remained open. And, in fact, if you go into his restaurant, he has a sign that says, you cannot wear a mask in my restaurant. So if you want to wear a mask, you're not, you're not eating here. So what we need to do is you have multiple restaurants. you got Aloha Coffee in Monterey that's open, open up, en masse. They can't stop you. There's not enough county flunkies to run around and give you citations. They'll clog up the courts, and they have no case. you just got to open and I, I patronized the Tuck Box in Carmel when he opened. I think they're still open. So we just got to push back. And, I, you know, Zoltan is correct. This stuff goes way back. This has been in the planning for 100 years. 92 Rio Summit in Rio de Janeiro was the most recent start of it. I'll never forget that. It, it, it was before I listened to Dr. Stan, KSCO, had good guests, but I don't think anybody was talking about it until Dr. Stan opened my eyes. And, uh, but I remember that summit, and uh, we just, as citizens, free citizens in a, in a free republic, we need to push back and just tell them no. And on top of that, this 
coronavirus is not a big deal. Get your vitamins at Dave Cave North, hopefully Dave Cave South. It sounds good, Michael, uh, with the Ocean View, pro- you know, Ocean View. you got to have Dave Cave with Ocean View. That's awesome. You, you know exactly I where we're you, talking I, about. Uh, I, uh, I do, of course. And I would say go for it. I mean, I live in Watsonville, so I go see Dave in Santa Cruz. But if I'm down there, heck, it would be nice to have a Dave Cave South. Why not? So go for it. Get your vitamins, minerals, up your zinc your D, and if you get the Rona, it'll waltz right through, and it will not land on you. And you can tell these guys to drop. We'll be nice. Instead of saying drop dead, tell them to drop unconscious because it's a big lie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, I just wanted to put that in. We we went through. We we had, I think I told the MC last week, we had this thing. It came. It went. Okay? Not a big deal. And yeah. I have a friend that posted. When you say this thing, thing you're talking about. Post. Wait a minute, Rory. Coronavirus. You, 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 I know, I know. You mentioned it, so let's let's clue the audience entirely in. Okay, so COVID-19. You, you had COVID-19 and you tested positive, yes? You were members of your family? That's right. Okay, yeah, and what, and what happened? Tested, Basic, yeah. but why did you even have a test? You must not have been feeling good. I did it. I did it. Well, I was, I was still... I'm, I operate remotely. My truck is my office. I did field visits when I had this thing. I wasn't that sick. It was it was minuscule. I've had worse blues. So my point is, I got the test. Well, I've got the test for our employer, just to confirm it. Be on the up and up. No big deal. It's 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 you just it's a ten day, nine ten day body aches off and on. It's not the end of the world, but you gotta nutriate, folks. You got to get the mighty ninety. You got to up your zinc. That's what you got to do, and you do that, and it's better than an unknown vaccine. And screw the vaccine. I'm not taking it. I don't need it. I got the antibodies now. So anyway, be be courageous, people. Courageous. We need courage. We lack courage. We've got a nation full of worried people and fearful, and they listen. They believe everything they hear. Yeah. Start asking the hard questions. But listen to KSCO. You'll hear about the nu- the nutrition. The nutrition is going to be your physical salvation through this thing. Now, and Rory. Subsequent virus. Yes, sir. You said you have the antibodies. With that in mind, I know you said you wouldn't do the vaccine, but would you consider uh, doing, like, I think it's either a blood donation or so for those who have the antibodies to help with the uh, combating the COVID yeah, I mean, if it, Sure. If it, yeah, if it came to that and they needed people with antibodies to donate blood, sure, why not? I believe that's help, the case, help yes. Help my fellow man. Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't know where those therapies are, but the, the reality is with nutrition, hydroxychloroquine, if you get a bad case, and Zithromax, zinc, extra zinc, ivermectin. I know a little about ivermectin. But anyway, it's used to cure uh, uh, night or not, river blindness in Africa. It's a very safe drug. It turns out it's a very very effective antiviral against corona. Can you get that? So there's can a you lot get that of at a local pharmacy? Yeah, you can. Yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a veterinary drug here, but if you know the right doctor, I think you can get it prescribed. I I know there's a doctor somewhere in the Monterey Bay area that's been prescribing the hydroxychloroquine uh, protocol. Yeah. And I call it the drug speakeasy, you know, I, or the doctor speakeasy. I don't know what the status is. I think I heard two weeks ago that the AMA backed off on their their uh, 
hydroxychloroquine ban. I guess they finally decided, well, it's actually safe, although it's been used for 50 years. That's they true, and we did, a, we did a whole program on, on that uh, several months ago when I uh, yes, tried to get some, uh, some of that drug and was told that it was not available. And and you, and I, I was told successful? that now now I know I now I have been successful I ha, I do have my own supply good of for you. because something something changed I don't know why it changed I think why it changed is Trump lost it's the election or so they say because the the, yeah. the reason it changed in the first place is because Trump said something nice about it so they banned it well it's <laughs> they didn't want it's people yeah yeah they didn't want people going after something that Trump likes. Yeah. yeah, there's an FDA bureaucrat that bragged that he shut down Secretary Azar's and the president's yeah. edict to, to make hydroxychloroquine available to fight corona. He bragged about it. That guy's got blood on his hands. Okay, uh-huh. If we had used hydroxychloroquine early on, this would never have happened. We wouldn't need a vaccine. I'm yeah. telling you the truth. This is a big political push. We all witnessed it. But I would and, like to uh, get anyway, a supply of... Ivermectin, if that's what you call it. Uh, yes, ivermectin. I, I, it's a, it's used in veterinary science in the states. It's used to cure river blindness in Africa, and it's apparently a very strong antiviral. So check it out. I v e r m e c t i n. It was originally produced by uh, Merck Sharp and Dome, which is now Merck and Company. So, right. Check it out. Okay. But anyway, good. Good. Hey, let's push back. Let's open up your restaurants, Kevin. Right. And then give a plug for where you are in Monterey and and uh, Lovers Point. We'll we'll uh, patronize. Thank Great. you. And, uh, Happy New Year. Okay. Thank you, Rory. Here's Lee and Spreckles. Real quickly, we got a whole bunch of other callers we want to get in if possible. Go ahead, Mr. Uh, all right. Uh, I request that you remove Google from your operation. They're connected to China. They were moving to China. You know yeah. that. And the bottom line is, is that uh, Tom Quinn, on his the next hour, is is, is uh, get him to to address this recall, and we got to get this damn governor out of, out of office. He he mm-hmm. is out of control. And and, and the and the bottom line here is that that uh, what Roy was just talking about the uh, uh, um, oxycorquine and the zinc, and, and then George Norrie had on uh, ozone. And ozone, I, 25 years ago, I had a, a, a guy that builds them. He had a, a neighbor that had a veterinarian, had a skunk. He was working on it, and a guy brought a, a hunting dog in, and, and the dog went after the skunk. And, well, they, they came to him, and what could you do? He put the ozone on it and knocked it clean out. You could never know it was there. And, and so I'm saying to you that we have solutions here, and we're and we're not we they, these health officers and everything that are there. Why aren't they closing down uh, Walmart? And, and, and because uh, look at all the headcount there. I mean, God's sake, these people they're destroying. Just as as has been said in in your program today, that they're just tearing down the the, the backbone of, of people's lives. They they got to get out, take their families out. They they need to relax. They need to. I mean, this is destroying America, and and they're stealing. Where is the Silicon Valley coming up alongside Trump and saying, "Yeah, we see that this false uh, uh, stealing through the computer technology that is made in in Venezuela and and everywhere else? Why didn't they make it here in the United States? What the hell is going on in our country? Made in America should mean something. 
Thank you, MZ, for this time. God bless Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Jan in San Lorenzo Valley, you're on. Hi. Hi. Yes. Hi. Well, my suggestion is that we start using our phone and call all of our politicians, our supervisors, our senators, state and uh, federal. Uh, one time attending the supervisors meeting, Jan Buttes just about broke into tears saying, make the phone stop ringing. So I think if we bombard them with phone calls, um, we might be able to, you know, it's got to be everybody, though, and you got to just keep on it and drive them nuts, and maybe we can get something done that way. That's my suggestion. Thank you very much. Happy New Year, everyone. Hey, yeah, to you, too, and thank you for thank calling you. the station. Oh, my gosh, it's our good buddy Richard N. Watsonville. Hey, Michael. Hey, Richard. Uh, when I was in the service, they would line a hundred of us up, and within five minutes, they'd be done giving everybody an injection. Oh. It went through an air gun. Jesus. I mean, so, it was that fast. So why are, they, why are they going needle for needle? Do you remember the polio vaccine? Yes. Where did you have to go to get yours? I don't know, but it was pretty easy. I was only like four or five or something. Yeah, I was too. I remember it was Bayview Elementary. That, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they had all these boxes of sugar cubes lined up. That was for the Sabin, the oral vaccine later the, on, uh, a few polio years later. Vaccine. The Sabin vaccine, yeah. Was it Sabin? Yeah, and then the other one, the, the original one was the Salk vaccine, which was an injection. Yeah. Why, why don't we do it? Like we did with the uh, well, people Houston, people like trusted military. people trusted injections then. They don't trust them. A lot of people don't trust injections now, and I'm in that category. I don't necessarily try. I haven't decided that I'm not going to take the. Uh, you the may vaccine. have to after that one caller called. Up. I know if that it's, happens, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. They're already doing that, man. You have to have injections to go. You know, to go do certain things in this country now. Or you're not uh, going to be able to go do it. I mean, it's just like wearing a mask. No mask, wow. no service. Holy crap. But Christmas. I don't know why they're taking such a long time to do this. They made a big deal about getting the vaccine. They made a big deal about getting it out to everybody. But nobody's really getting it. Nobody, I don't uh -huh. know anybody who's gotten it. Do you? No. I'm not high, that high up on the pecking order. Right. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Richard and Watsonville. Um, so anyhow, do we have any other callers? Uh, I think we have one that's being screened. Kevin, do you have any no, final remarks? No, it's a rejoin, just a message. Oh, okay. Um, it's, uh, do you, Kevin, do you have any, uh, any, um, thing to add here before the end of the program, which is yeah, well, I'm a, two minutes? I'm also, yeah, I'm a fan of Rory and Richard and Watsonville, two great regular callers over the years. And, uh, I was thinking if we could work something out in Pacific Grove, maybe we would call it the Kev Cave. All right, that's fine. Yeah, let's do it. You know, we we should, but we have we should do it already, not just talk about it. Of course, of course, there has been a good uh, excuse to um, let many months go by. <laughs> it's called COVID, right? So, anyhow, um, geez, c continued success to you. Um, and I, I know it's been it's been really really rough, um, but um, there's nothing there's nowhere to go but up, right? Don't you think, or do you think things can, or you think things can get even worse? 
you're not in this business to begin with if you're not an optimist. Oh, okay, good. So be optimistic for us then. Things have to get better. They have to get better. Yeah. Um, so you know what, Josh Stevens? I'm going to have to t- – I want you to tell me, because I'm trying to bring up the uh, – I've got the, the that's time. all, folks, ready to go. You, you do have got, it already? Yes. I'll play okay. it right when it's time. Okay, good. So then when I hear it, that'll be – it's like 16 seconds yep. before the top of the hour. So that should be coming up anymore. Kevin, uh, thanks for being on with us today. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to eat at your restaurants and, and have the, the time being the same. Yeah, the bee, yeah, the bee, yeah, the bee, that's all, folks.